Turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 1. When I was in high school, I worked for a construction company. And um, one day, we, it had been particularly hot, and we went to the convenience store. We got ourselves one of those big Gatorades. Y'all have seen those big Gatorades, I'm sure. And uh, we took it back to the work site, and I turned that thing up, and I just guzzled every last drop of that Gatorade with one tilt. <laughs> and, uh, boy, I tell you what, when you're really thirsty, water or Gatorade in that case, can really bring a lot of refreshment in your energy. And I remember it just a short time, I had a little bit more renewed energy, was able to get back to work. But you know, life can be very difficult sometimes. And in life, sometimes we need the refreshing work of God in our hearts. Sometimes we can grow weary We can grow discouraged, and God is able to minister to us and revitalize us within through his living water. Um, If you don't know Jesus today, you need that living water within. If you do know Jesus today, you need to make sure you don't have anything hindering the flow of the water, okay, Uh, so that you could get all of the blessing that God has for you. Uh, This scripture is actually one of the most touching scriptures, I think, in the Bible because it shows us that God, specifically Jesus Christ, loves people no matter what race they are, no matter what their background is, God loves people. And uh, Jesus, as he interacts with this woman at the well, uh, he is, is showing a glimpse of the heart of God. Uh, he is showing that God loves us. I'm glad that God loves sinners because I am one. I'm glad that God loves all races because guess what? Jesus was Semitic and I'm not. Okay, Praise God that God loves the Gentiles. So... Uh, Jesus is actually, he's, he's been on a journey. He's going from Judea to Galilee, and he passes through Samaritan territory. And he, he finally, he's exhausted from the trip. And so he, he sits down. A lot of the wells had a little, like a shelf around to keep people from falling in, but also to, so you, you could sit there and, and rest. And Jesus is sitting by this well, and he has sent his disciples into the city to get food. While he's sitting there, this woman comes up. Now, it's middle of the day. It's hot. It's miserable. But this woman has come out in the heat of the day to draw water. We find out later why that is. She's heard the whispers. She's seen the disapproving looks. And she knows that people look down upon her because of her past. And so rather than go up with the other women, she has gone up during the heat of the day trying to avoid interaction with other people, but Jesus is there. 
Then Jesus really shocks her because she recognizes that he's Jewish. And Jews and Samaritans generally didn't get along. Matter of fact, there was hatred between the two of them. There was very much prejudice between Jews and Samaritans. And so usually a Jewish person, especially a Jewish rabbi, would not interact with Samaritans. They considered them to be compromisers. They had intermingled with the foreign powers that had been settled there by the Assyrians and uh, were kind of so what, what they would call half-breeds. They considered them to be half-breeds. And so they just didn't want to have anything to do with them, which was not God's heart, mind you, but this was the reality of the situation. Jesus, when she comes to draw water, says, give me a drink. And she's just kind of shocked by this. And she says, why are you a Jew asking me a a Samaritan for a drink. We don't interact with each other. Why are you doing this? And Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for living water. And so they get into this conversation, and Jesus talks to her about living water. And at first she she uh, thinks, well, if there's water that will keep me from getting thirsty, give, give me some. <laughs> you know. But he, he, he shows her that it is spiritual living water. This is not just physical water, it's spiritual water. And she finally says, give me some of this. And and then he says, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right when you say you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. She said, I perceive you're a prophet. (laughs) And Then she asked Jesus about worship, where worship would be, and Jesus said the Father desires those who worship in spirit and truth. But throughout this this interaction, Jesus is seeking to reach this lady so that she can experience the abundant life that God has for her. I I love the mercy that we see here. I love the grace that we see here. I love the patience that we see here. And the fact that God never gives up on his people. Um, and and uh, what, a beautiful, what a beautiful picture it is. She is changed. And we know this. We're not going to read this far. But we know this based on what she does after uh, Jesus finishes talking with her. Um, and so uh, we need to be changed by God's living water. And that's the title of my message. Changed. By living water. Look with me at verse 1 of John 4. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and he went again into Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, uh, near the property that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone out to to town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God... And who is saying to you, give me a drink? You would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, 
and the well is deep. So where are you going to get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place of worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Changed by living water. By the way, living water is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. As we speak of this living water, that's what we're speaking about. Jesus said, I am the water of life. Okay, So the living water is a picture of what Jesus does in the hearts of people. So changed by living water. Why are we changed by living water? We're changed because Jesus is graciously welcoming. Jesus is graciously welcoming. Look at verse 10. Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you the living water, graciously welcoming. You know, a lot of people think, you know, God could never love me. You just don't know my past. Um, Sherry and I were watching... uh, uh, some, some clips, some video clips from a website called I Am Second. And uh, we saw this lady who was a prostitute and she in, in, in Las Vegas. And she gave her testimony and she, she talked about how uh, she'd gotten involved in this life of, of prostitution, how dark it was and, and everything. And she said at one point, she said, you know, she said, I was, I was thinking one day, I will never be clean. But one day she called out on Jesus. And she said, you know, she said, once I was unclean, but now I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You see, we serve a God who specializes in saving sinners. The Apostle Paul said, God saves sinners of whom I am chief. He persecuted the church. He put Christians in prison. 
But a light shone on the Damascus road, and he was changed by the grace of God. God welcomes sinners. In one place, he says, whosoever will may come. It used to be an old song, whosoever surely means to me. <laughs> whosoever means you, whosoever means me. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus approaches this woman. I love the fact that he welcomes her. He seeks her out. I don't know about you, but I know that I wasn't seeking after Christ when God started dealing with me. He wasn't even on my radar, but he was seeking after me. I'm so grateful for the welcoming grace of God. Jesus is graciously welcoming. Listen, you may have had a Christian treat you poorly in the past or look down their nose at you. That's not Christ's behavior. That's religious behavior apart from Christ. Christ welcomes sinners. So, we're changed by living water because Jesus is graciously welcoming. Secondly, we're changed by living water because Jesus is spiritually refreshing. Spiritually refreshing. Look at verse 14. Whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. You see, the salvation Jesus gives, of course, is, is himself. He comes and he lives within us and he satisfies the empty place in our souls. Um, have you ever had a season in your life where you were just searching for meaning? I had one of those seasons in my life, and, uh, and I was looking, and, and it seemed like nothing I could find in life would satisfy me. I was empty. Jesus filled that emptiness. He filled it, and it, it, it has continued on. And not that I've always lived in the fullness of the spiritual refreshing that Jesus brings because at times I quench the Holy Spirit through my sin. But I have never been the same. Why can this, this gift that Jesus is talking about be eternal? Because he is eternal. And those who believe in him will live forever. As it's as uh, Martha learned when she was talking with Jesus uh, he says, your brother will rise again. And he, she said, well, I know he'll rise in the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. This eternal life comes because Jesus is eternal. And it will last for all time. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus... Eternal life is just that. It's eternal. It's not eternal. It's not provisional till you mess up. Okay? Life till you mess up or life till you blow it. Otherwise, I'd have lost it a long time ago. It's eternal life. 
this spiritual refreshment of the soul. Now, some people don't experience spiritual refreshment of the soul because they're not true believers. They truly haven't surrendered their hearts to Christ. Jesus said, if you seek to keep your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you'll find it. Sometimes people miss the blessing of the abundant life because they hold tightly to the things of life and won't let them go, thinking that they'll find meaning in these things, and they miss the meaning that God intends for them to have. But when you let it go, when you say, Lord, my life is yours, my future is yours, my money is yours, whatever you ask for is yours, I'm yours. And you release then he can come to dwell, and he can change and satisfy your soul. I struggled with surrender. Didn't want to surrender. I wanted to have Jesus on my own terms, but it doesn't work that way. You come to him surrendered. You come with your knee bowed. One day, every knee is going to bow. But if you're going to come and receive the life that Jesus has, you have to come in humility and surrender yourself. I believe that's one of the reasons Jesus mentions and brings up the situation with her. With, with she's, she's living with a man who's not her husband. Uh, and, uh, and he brings up this, this past that, that she's very conscious of. Because he wants her to recognize that he is calling her to leave this. He's calling her to repent. And find her satisfaction, not in men, but in God. And so as she does, as she surrenders, God changes her life. So why are we changed by living water? We're changed because he is spiritually refreshing. Why is it that some people can have joy no matter what's going on? Have you ever noticed that? People are just full of joy. It's because they're drinking the living water. We're going to have ups and downs in life, aren't we? All of us. There are times we're going to get sick. We're going to lose loved ones. We're going we're to have a struggle from time to time in our lives. But Jesus is the friend that will always be there. Jesus is the joy that can come to us in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our pain, and infuse us with his comfort and his hope. I have joy today because of a person I know, and his name is Jesus. And he has made a difference, and he will make a difference. And whatever happens in our country, whatever happens in this world, Jesus will still be my God. He will still be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he'll still be able to supply what I need in my soul. I love the fact that Paul and Silas' son in the jail. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that victory? How can you sing in a jail? Because you've drunk the living water. <laughs> you have Christ within and as, as, as we worship him, as we rejoice in him, the outer circumstances become dim and his presence draws near and we're refreshed 
in him. One of, the, one of the issues that we have as Christians is a lot of times we, we sin. We, sometimes we even get into a pattern of drifting from God. And we'll get into a lifestyle of sinning against God. And if we're a true child of God, he'll discipline us for that. But uh, it's a wonderful thing that we can confess our sin. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. And he'll restore the fellowship. I, I remember I had a, a period of time. For about three years where I was bitter at God. And my life was a spiritual desert. Now it still wasn't like it was before I came to Christ. But it was a spiritual desert. Why? Because I was quenching the spirit of God. I was bitter in my spirit. And uh, the, the living water was there. But it was a trickle. Finally, I came to the point at which I said, you know, God, I don't care what you do in my life. Just let me have the joy back. Forgive me for my attitude toward you and my heart toward you. Like that, it was there. That's the grace of our God. So it's spiritually refreshing. Listen, a lot of times I have to get spiritually refreshed. I have to get an attitude adjustment. So I draw aside to get with the Lord so that that living water can once again flow in its fullness and the barriers can be removed. If you don't know Christ, you need a relationship with him. That's the first step to receive Jesus as your Savior. So, changed by living water. Why are we changed? He's graciously welcoming. He's spiritually refreshing. Thirdly, he's eternally living. Eternally living. Uh, Look at verse 14. He says, I will give the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. I've, I've already mentioned this briefly, but uh, this life will never end. This water is springing up. It's more than enough for what you need. When I played football, we had this old hose that they put out there. I don't know how much water pressure they had on that thing. But that water came out of that hose. And when you'd stick your face up to it to drink of it, and in the hot sun, you needed it. And you're trying to gulp that stuff down. It was was going all over your face and everything. Um, It was more than enough for what we needed, right? This living water Jesus gives is more than enough. You'll never face a circumstance that, that Jesus won't be sufficient to give you the living water. It never runs out. Never quits. There's never a drought because it comes from the eternal, all-powerful hand of an almighty Savior named Jesus. So we can count on Jesus to be there. Everything else in life may change, but Jesus remains the same and continues to give his living water. So changed by living water, why are we changed? He's graciously welcoming. He's spiritually refreshing. He's eternally living. Fourthly, he is fully overcoming. Fully overcoming. Look at verse 17. I don't have a husband, she answered. You correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. This woman was was broken. 
She'd gone from relationship to relationship trying to find what would satisfy her heart, and it only increased her pain. It only magnified the hole that was in her heart. But Jesus was able to overcome it. You know, I think it's, it's, it's great that Jesus doesn't gloss over the difficulties in our lives. He doesn't uh, ignore them or treat them as though they're not there. A lot of times people will do that, right? Jesus never does. He sees exactly where we are. He sees our brokenness. He sees our sin. He knows where we are and what we need. And I love the fact that he brings this up to this lady because it lets her know two things. 